Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. Second Timothy chapter two, verse one says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy and peace from God, the father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that it now dwells in you. Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind hidden within each one of us is one of the most powerful tools unknown to mankind. It's one that has the capability to change the very course of history. It is the tool, the gift that God has given to you. And the good news about it is it is a gift that God gives you didn't work for it you didn't earn it you don't qualify for it we are charged by God to stir up the gift and the giftings that he has placed in us each believer has been gifted with abilities from God and it's like tools in a toolbox for a craftsman every painter has a canvas every painter has paint and paint brushes those are the tools they use to accomplish their trade their trade is painting well you have been called to a work in the earth every one of us has a calling upon our life you are responsible to know what that calling is to search out that calling Paul says I I follow after that I may apprehend the cause for which Christ has apprehended my life. In other words, God chased me down. He pursued me. He wouldn't let me get away. And now that he has apprehended me, I am now pursuing God with all of my strength to find that cause for which he has apprehended my life and to do it with all of my might. He saved me for a reason. He saved me on purpose. And now it is my life's objective 
effective to fulfill the purpose of God. Well, the gifts are the tools that help you facilitate and accomplish that purpose for which he saved you. Whatever it is you do have been called to do in the body of Christ. He has gifted you with ability to facilitate and carry out that calling. If you are a leader, he has given you wisdom probably and discernment and knowledge, and he has given you the ability to motivate. He's given you giftings and, and to carry out the call upon your life, whatever the call is in your life. And you are obligated to search out the matter and find out what it is he has called you to do. None of us should be content sitting idly by in a church. You have been sitting in a church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Friday after Friday for years on end. You watch other people sing. You listen to other people preach. You watch other people fulfill their calling and use their gift. And you have sat there content to listen to other people or maybe discontent. But this is the time that you get up from where you have sat for so long. You have warmed that pew long enough. You have dwelt in this mount long enough. It's time to get up and take your journey. Be about your father's business. Find that cause for which he has apprehended your life and make it your life's purpose to fulfill the call that he has upon your life. Discover the gifts that he has for you. Use them to carry out the ministry, the work of the ministry that he has called you to. Be very sure that each and every one of us have giftings and calling upon our life that we need to fulfill and we will be answerable to God. He didn't put all that light in you that you might hide it under some bushel. He didn't put all that fire in you that you might close it up and lock it up and throw away the key, but he gave you gifts and talents that you might use them in the earth, that they might prosper the kingdom of God. When he returns and he requires of your hand to find out what did you do with what he gave you, use it to accomplish the vision, the dream, and the calling that he has upon your life. You have the ability to either stir into flame the gift that God has placed in you. That's what the original translation of the text meant. When he said, stir up the gift, what Paul was telling Timothy really he says, is you need to kindle up and to fan into flame the gift that is in you. I put my hands upon you and I know that God has gifted you. Paul told Timothy, there are gifts in you. I know it because there was gifts in your grandmother. There was gifts in your mother. That same faith is flowing through you and you have been setting idly and dormant by and not utilizing the gifts that were given to you. You should be much further than you are today, but that's okay. You got a chance today to start where you are. Use what you have and do what you can. Never make an excuse that I haven't done it up to this point so it's no use to do it. If you are alive, you have opportunity to change your circumstance and to do what God has called you to do. Get up off of your seat of do nothing and tell God that I am willing and ready to be used in the service and the kingdom of God. You say, well, I don't have an opportunity to be used. There's no opportunity to use these gifts and talents. Ask God to show you where your gifts and your talents can be utilized. And sometimes that means you might have to shift from where you are. You might have to make a change from where you are. Sometimes it's just a matter of you being willing to use the gifts and, and the talents that he has given to you and the doors will come open. And then sometimes there are no doors where you are to be open because people have set upon the power of God and quenched the spirit 
spirit of God. And so you might have to shift and make a change and go to where your gifts and calling can be appreciated and used for his glory. Not every gift is going to be used within the four walls of the church, but those that will be used there, you need to have opportunity to use the gifts of God. I believe that if we are to see the church operate as the Bible has intended, it would not be three people singing and one person preaching and the rest of us sitting there watching as spectators. But when the body of Christ is fully functioning, it will do what the scriptures have said. Every, every one of us will be fitly joined together, supplying to the body what each of us brings to the table. We will all be ministering according to the capacity that God has given us, according to the grace and the faith and the giftings that he has given to us. It will not be three people ministering and 500 watching and looking on, but we will all participate in worship. We will all participate in service. We will all uh, dream dreams and prophesy and give words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And we will all use our ministry of helps and whatever else he has given to you. We will all sing songs and write Psalms. We will all participate in the work of the ministry. You will help me and I will help you when it is functioning as the scriptures have said, then out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water out of the belly of all of the spirit filled people of God, the rivers of living water will flow and they will come together and converge and make rivers and lakes and, and waters that we can't pass through. There should be a combustion of the power of God. When we come together, everyone has a gift and a contribution to make to the body of Christ. And it is our obligation it is our responsibility to stir up that gift that he has put in us. And once you have stirred it up, I can tell you, you will not be content sitting idly by doing nothing. But when you stir up the gift that's in you, you will then have a desire to be about your father's business. I need to do what he called me to do, be about my father's business. And sitting idly by is not an option. And it shouldn't be a desire that anyone has for anyone else. I don't want want to see you sitting there doing nothing. I don't want to see you sitting there watching me do something. You lay hands on the sick. You cast out demons. You speak a word of encouragement. You minister through helps. You do the things that God has gifted and called you to do in the space in which he has called you. But none of us should be setting idly by. You get stuck in a rut. I was reading a book and I remember reading a, the account of a story that I thought was so powerful. It was about a father and a son that attended this really traditional church and they, you know, were real stoic in their worship of God. And the son went somewhere to a meeting and got filled with the Holy Ghost and that with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And he went back to his stoic church, his traditional church, and the brethren of the church told the father of the young man that you need to tell him that we don't really like all that ruckus over here. We don't like all that that commotion over here and he needs to tone it down. He needs to cut that out. We have a way that we do things and he needs to get back in line with the way we do it here. He went somewhere else and he got fired up, but he needs to come when he's back here at home, he needs to do it like we do it. And we don't do that over here. And the father said to the son, my boy, I have been attending this church for 20 years and have never seen anything of this kind. We are established in the truth and we do not want anything new. We won't have it. And the son said, if that is 
is God's plan, I will obey. But somehow or other, I don't think that that is the plan of God. And as they were going home, you know, they were living back in the days when they drove, rode in horses and buggies and their horse stood still. The wheels of the carriage were in a deep rut and the father pulled up the reins, but the horse did not move. And he asked the son, what do you think is up? And the son answered, it has gotten established. God save us from becoming stationary. He hasn't put that fire in you that you might put a lid on it and push it out. As a matter of fact, that's the opposite of what Paul is telling Timothy. He's saying, kindle it up, fan it into flame, stir up the gift. God has put something in you. Don't quench the spirit. You have within you the ability to either quench the spirit or fan it into flame. What will you do with what he gave you? He has given to each of us unique talents and giftings, and he looks to us to utilize them for the glory of God, to utilize them in the service of God. We know that the gifts can be imparted from Romans 1, 11 and 12. They can be stirred from this verse that we've read in uh, Timothy. They can be neglected from 1 Timothy 4. There are different uh, things that you can do with the gifts that he has given you. What are you doing with what he has given unto you? When you find out normally, when you find out what you, your gifts are, you'll find out that that is why you had an inclination to do certain things. That is why you had a talent toward uh, certain things. That is why you were better at certain things than, than others, because it is the gift that God has placed in you. It's not something that you learn. It's something that God gave, but you do need to discover what the gift or giftings are, and then you need to stir them up. It is your job to know what it is he has placed in you, and then to be about your father's business. You can refine it and develop it and enhance it, and then you must use the gift that God has given to you. You don't gain the gift by education, but once you know what the gift is, you can give yourself over to learning and studying everything you know about it, that you might be perfected in that gift. You will watch others that move in that gift more excellently. And God will give you uh, those who are role models, who are operating in excellence in the gifting that he has given to you. Many people use their gifts to, and they are prosperous in the earth because he gives us the ability to get wealth. Our gifts and our talents help us to open doors for us, to bring us before great men and women. It gives us the ability, the power to get wealth. That's not the reason why we should be using the gift, but it is a benefit of the giftings of God. We have to stir up the gift. He has given you a unique ability to contribute in the arena in which you are called and that which you contribute is unlike that which anyone else contributes. There are many singers in the world, but those who love music will listen to the radio or listen to music and they can pick out the sound of the voice of each individual singer. Many of them might sound alike, but they are unique and different and they have a gift unique to themselves. Even so, whatever he has gifted you with is unique to you. It is individual to you and God has a certain signature, individualized signature that, that he has given to you that has your name on it. And you need to make sure that you don't uh, try to imitate somebody else because then you forfeit your individuality. It is okay to have a role model. It is okay to watch others who move in excellence in the area in which he has called and gifted you, but make sure that you uh, individualize the gift that he has given you. That's why your personality is different. 
different. Your temperament is different. Everything about you is slightly different from everybody else. Something about an imitation, it can never quite accomplish what the original can do. So be who God made you unique and individual. He has gifted you for the cause for which he has called you. Your gifts are the tools that help you accomplish that work that he has called you to do. Never relinquish your individuality trying to be something or someone that you are not. Every one of us, I read a book a long time ago that every one of us are born and original. Don't relinquish that blessing God has given you and die a copy. Don't emulate and imitate others so much so that you lose your originality, your individualism, and you die trying to copy something and someone else. God has given you a work for you to do. And if you find that which he has called you to do and use the gifts that he has given to you, you will find that it is a blessing to just be you. And you prosper more being you than you ever could trying to be somebody else. Uh, you will find a, an ease with being yourself. I mean, you will find a comfort with being yourself. It's easy being you. It's a lot easier being you than it is being anyone else. May God flow through me. May he use me with the giftings that he has placed in me. I don't want to be content sitting idly by. I don't want to be content not another day. May God cause that gifting that he has placed in me to be stirred up. That the, I want to fan it into flame that it might accelerate and that it might ignite in me a desire and a thirst to do the will of him that sent me. I want him to flow through me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow through me to do the work that he has called me to do. He resides in our worship. He resides in our praise to him. He resides in us. So have your way, Jesus. flow through me, that the power of your spirit flow through me, that it might empower me to do the work of him that has sent me. I don't want to be content doing nothing. I don't want to be content watching others fulfill their destiny, but you have put in me a thirst, a desire to be what you have called me to be. And may I fulfill it with all of my power and with all of my might, all of the days of my life. I want to pursue after and accomplish that cause for which you have pursued after and apprehended my life. And we also see in first Timothy, in second Timothy, where Paul is telling Timothy 
that there was a gift that was in his grandmother and also in his mother. And he says, now I see that it is in you too. There are many gifts that are passed down generationally, just as the enemy tries to place curses in your family generationally. God does place giftings in your family generationally. That's why sometimes you'll see that a preacher passes the church onto his son, onto his son, onto his son, because God uses generations of that family to fulfill the work of the ministry. And so uh, the gifting can be passed on from one generation to the other. And it doesn't matter, male or female, doesn't matter, because as Paul is telling Timothy, he says, I perceive that I remember the unfeigned faith that was in, that is in you. He said, it first was in your grandmother. Don't think it started with you. I saw it in your grandmother, Lois. I saw it in your mother, Eunice. And now I see it fully operating in you. You want to make sure that whatever God has given you, that you expend it all in the earth, whatever gifts and anointing and calling he has upon your life, that you utilize it in the earth. Don't die with any potential untapped, but I want to tap into everything God has placed in me and I want to leave it in the earth. Everything he has given me, I want to be able to say, I have given them all that you have given unto me. I want to die empty. Many of you have gifts that you have never unwrapped. It's like on a Christmas morning. There's so many gifts. You only unwrap the big ones, the shiny ones, the special ones. And then there's 15 others that never got unwrapped. Never got used. Some of you have unwrapped the gift. You know what it is, but you never use it. You never flow in it. It's dormant. It's it's like it's not even there. We want to not just unwrap the gift and know what it is, but we want to move and operate in the gift. And the thing about it is you don't expect, don't expect that the gift will operate in you and have the same results in you as you see it operating and having results in another because you are unique and different and it works in you differently than it works in someone else. It may be similar, but it will will be unique to you because again, it will be infused with your personality, infused with your style, infused with everything that's unique about you, but expect that gift to flow through you all the same. You owe God more than to sit on the back of a pew and be content sitting there. I don't care if they said women can't do this and men can't do that and young people can't do the other. What does God say? Isn't that the name of our program? What does the Lord say? say, you need to go back to the giver of the gift. Go back to the one who called you, the one who saved you. I didn't see one of those people hanging on a cross for you. Just like the story that I told you about earlier, those men said, we are well established in this church and there's certain things that we just don't do. Well, that's the problem. You're too established in your church and there's too many things that you just don't do. You have become so uh, stoic and so uh, reserved that you have uh, quenched the very spirit and power of God from working in the service. I saw someone post on, on uh, Facebook, you know, Cleveland just won the NBA championship and they had this huge parade on Wednesday. Over a million people showed up and I saw someone post an aerial photo of all of the people. They almost looked like ants. It was so many people. And the headline of the story said, wow, we are gathering for prayer. Yes. And then it had dot, dot, dot. And it said, oh, 
No, I guess not. This is just the parade for the Cavaliers. And they said, how disappointing that we will gather a million people strong and celebrate and cheer and be raucous for our favorite team. But we won't hardly even show up to church. Or if we do, we sit so quiet that people hardly know we're there. And I had mixed feelings about that post because it is true that we do often gather. And it is true that we often uh, do not bring the exuberance that we share elsewhere into the church. But my, my question was, well, why is that? Why is it that? Cause I'm a huge sports fan. And when I go to the sports game, I act like I'm a huge sports fan. I cheer for my favorite team. I yell loudly for my favorite team. I'm, I'm a huge sports fan and I'm glad to be there. But when I go to the house of God, I am likewise glad to be there. I worship him in spirit and in truth. I rise early to call upon the Lord and to seek his face. I'm passionate about the things of God, but whatever I do, I put my whole heart into it. So my question is, who's leading our worship? Do you have the spirit of David, someone with the spirit of David who says he's been better than good to me and I'll dance because I owe him everything? Or do you have the spirit of David's wife who said, you look foolish. We're too, uh, we're too established. We're too reserved to do that. Get some dignity about yourself. Praise him like you, like you got some sense. Who's leading? What spirit is leading your worship? Is it the one of a worshiper or the one that's trying to contain the worshiper? So it might be quiet where you are, but you need to take a look at the head and see if the head is sitting there so reserved and stoic. But sometimes it's because that is the order of that house. Like the people said in that story that I told you, the, the men told the father, tell your son we don't do that here he needs to act more restrained we are an established organization we are an established church and we have never done that and we don't intend to do that so if that is the order of the house where you worship then you need to find another house you need to go somewhere else like David said you haven't seen anything yet I'll be even more undignified than this don't try to quench the spirit in me because I'm going to fan the flame we give glory glory and honor to God who has placed in us gifts and callings and given us his spirit. And I pray God that you stir up the gift of God in you, that you never cease to seek his face and to do his will and to please him through your worship, through your praise and through the service that you render to his name. Dear God, would you help each of us to have that thirst and hunger for you unparalleled and unmatched to anything we have ever seen. And father, even when some try to clamp down and stifle the gift and the move of God in us. May we become even more undignified and praise you like we know that you have been the one who have called us out of darkness and you you are the one that saved our life. I pray God that you, Father, would help each of us to stir up the gift of God in us. May those who do not know what their calling and gifts are, may they, Father, seek after you and knock until they find and may they ask of you, God, and may they discover that cause for which you have apprehended their life and every gift that you have placed in them and may they utilize it, God, to the fullest. Father, to the fullest. We 
Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.